Welcome to the suburbs. I'm Kim. I'm Juice. And this, this is, is Suburban, Suburban Podcast. Podcast. We're just two bougie Negroes trying to figure out how to express our blackness in white spaces. Follow us on Twitter at Suburban Pod. All right. Have fun and enjoy. Let's get to it. Mic check one two one two. Mic check one two one two. What it do? What it do? Okay, can you hear you now? Yes. All right. So, lots been going on in Huntsville since our last podcast. Yes, it has. So apparently, the uh, we have gotten to the point now to where there is protesting outside of bars downtown. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, <laughs> we. Kind of called that. Yeah. And I'm just... Yeah. I'm, I'm still wondering, though, what what what's going to come of it. I because I feel like downtown, the downtown area has so much support that it's going to take a whole lot of people to just stop going. Yeah. And I don't foresee that happening. Me neither. Um... I don't, I don't, I don't think anybody knows what what's gonna happen. Me neither. I don't understand why. Like, is there not any kind of authority over certain business owners and bar owners, especially for downtown? Like, this stuff that happened at Foo Bar got caught on tape <laughs> Wednesday night right. and. What was said by Mickey, I feel like, should be a red flag to somebody in the city of Huntsville that could um, rectify the situation. But what, like, what part of what what Mickey said do you think justifies uh, legal action? Um, he called the girls pieces of shit. He told the girls that he called them bitches. He told them that he didn't give a fuck about either one of them. Mm -hmm. Um, And he told them to never come back and they didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. I agree, but I don't, I don't know how anything. I still don't think that's enough. This definitely not because that's probably not the first time that that has happened. It's just the first time that I've seen that it's been caught on tape. Yo, the crazy thing about that was when uh, the one girl said that she was black and he, he changed his whole, uh, he changed the way he was talking. He was like, see, and we don't have a problem. I think we have a problem. He said, it's millions of black people in here. Yeah. And his like, daughter was doing the same exact shit. I don't know if you heard her in the background, but she had tapped on a black guy that was sitting outside. Um, oh, that, that was his daughter? Yeah. Okay. Um, She was like, you you had a good time, haven't you? And I was like, y'all love expecting for one black person to speak for every black person's experience. Yes. And there's no, like, I hate when they do the whole ask a Negro 
uh, part yeah. of anything. Yeah. It's like, well, you don't agree, do you? Do you really want me to tell you what <laughs> I really feel or what? I mean, for one, the dude that she was asking was drunk. So, I mean, <laughs> he didn't give a damn about none of the. He Hell wasn't even no. trying to be in the mix. I know one of the people that was in the video is a guard, that security guard. The black dude? No, the skinny white dude. Okay. But, uh, yeah, um, and I don't, hmm, the funny, the other funny part of it is Mickey was wearing a backwards hat and some white shoes. He couldn't even get in his he own couldn't even club get in. he was based on, <laughs> basing it purely on dress code, in which people in the comments on the Facebook video were, were uh, they were going in on that part. Yeah. Saying it's just a dress code. I know a white guy who isn't, uh. They wouldn't let him in because he had a flat bill hat. We're not talking about that. If they just, if they really would buy dress code, I have no problem with you having a dress code. Yeah. But you don't do it um, indiscriminately. Right. You always do it when it's like, you know, when when they, they're reaching that quota mm-hmm. and they're going to start, you know, well, you can't get in because it's this and that. That's what they do. Yep. So, like, y'all, y'all can miss me with that bullshit. It was, like, for me to see that firsthand. For one, so to for starters, apparently the girls had been there mm-hmm. the week prior and had made some posts about, you know, some situations. They left a bad review. That's that, what it, yeah, they left a bad review. Um, so, I will say, I don't understand why they came back so soon. Right. Most... Not not that they don't have the right to, but most times when you have a bad experience somewhere, you give it a little bit of time before you try it again. Let that thing breathe. Right. So so to me, it kind of seemed like they might have been looking for trouble or, or might have been looking for another reason to bash them, which I mean, if they if they have done you wrong enough, I guess you from their point of view, maybe you're just really trying to get people to see your side. But. If they had just left a bad or bad review last week, they should have they should have let it breathe. Um, but that does not condone Mickey's response and their behavior towards those two girls. Because this is what happened from my account. I was downtown with Casey, and we were um, we were walking from. I forgot where we were coming from. I think we had just got down there, so we were coming from where we parked. And we were just going to go sit and chill at Miller's because Miller's a little bit more chill. Yeah. Um, it seems a little bit more mature. Yeah. So we were walking up. And, of course, you have to pass Fubar and Whiskey to get to, to Miller's. And as we're walking up, there's this little white girl. And she's, you know, yelling and, you know, just getting her anger out. Um, not really directing it towards anybody until Mickey comes out. So when Mickey comes out and he starts running his mouth, the first thing he said was, yeah, get the fuck out. I'm like, well, number one, they're already out. <laughs> so <laughs> there's no reason for you to be, number one, screaming at them and then telling them to get the fuck out. Like, now you just look stupid. Now you're escalating the situation for no reason. Right. Um, especially as a grown man and as the one who owns the business. So he's like, yeah, get the fuck out. And she was like, no. No, like I'm gonna I'm gonna speak up because every time I come in here with my black friends, I notice y'all always do them dirty. Y'all always treat them differently than y'all treat everybody else, and I'm gonna be the one to speak up. And a black girl, she wouldn't do anything. She was just she was the one recording. And she right. was like, "It's bullshit. Every time we come in here, it's an issue that y'all have with uh with black people. Everybody knows it." Da 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 da. 
And Mickey's just yapping off at the mouth, like, y'all always coming in here causing trouble, and y'all always putting stuff on social media talking about we racist. We ain't racist. There's plenty of black people who come in here and have a good time and, and get the fuck out and fuck you, and I don't give a shit about you. And I was just like, wow. So when he called the little white girl a bitch, I think, is when the black girl got angry. Yeah. And she kind of charged towards all the guards or whatever. And that's what you see in the video, like, her camera was, like, super disoriented or whatever. So they kind of pushed her back like away from um, from him because he had walked back inside. I guess she was trying to go in after him or whatever. So to me, walking up on it at that point in the escalation, I was on the girl side um, because... For one, you sh- I think you should definitely speak up and at least be able to say what you need to say, um, especially if it's not harming anybody. Right. She wasn't calling anybody out of their names. All she, all she was saying was, you know, this is some bullshit. Y'all treat them different. And it just seemed like. I don't know if if Mickey just had had harbored frustration from their bad review or what, but it just seemed like that was his time to really go in and it shouldn't have been like he should have just let them walk out. So the way he reacted and the fact that they got it on video just kind of really pushed their standpoint on the entire issue, because if he had done nothing some people may be able to say like oh no you know it's 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 just them and they just had one bad experience but because of the way he responded it just it didn't look good and then then we end up going in there on on saturday night and he was djing which for he needs to give that shit up he's a terrible dj yeah he knows nothing about mixes and nothing about flowing tracks together and, no. and creating a mood or a vibe. No, 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 no. So I just remember overhearing him on the speaker calling out this group of Asian girls. He was like, man, there's some fine ass Asian chicks in here right now. I see y'all. It's a whole group of y'all. Uh-huh. I'm trying to figure out where the fried rice going to be at tonight. I'm like, oh my God. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? What the fuck? He is so fucking problematic. And yeah. it sucks because he's the one in charge. Yeah. Which is what is the which is our president. <laughs> <laughs> like it starts at the top. So I was like, wow. Um Wow. That's not even a clever, like I mean not clever at all. It's it was stupid yeah. as fuck. Fried rice. That's yeah. That's just racist. And then they probably <laughs> they probably ate it the fuck up because they probably don't get a whole lot of you know white men being attracted to them in Alabama. Man, white white men love Asian women. Since when? Forever. I've noticed that in other places like out west, like California and stuff, but in Alabama, man. White dudes love Asian women. Okay. Well, they were eating it the fuck up. And I was like, <sighs> <laughs> okay. Like, that's not a compliment, girl. <laughs> but yeah, I just want to see what happens now. But, uh, yeah. So, anyway. Fuck Mickey's. <laughs> <laughs>
topic that always gets brought up that we haven't discussed on the podcast at least is uh, the difference between uh, predominantly white institutions and historical black colleges. I am a proud graduate of uh, Alabama A&M University. Turn up for the Bulldogs one time. And I also attended Grambling State on uh, my freshman year. What's Grambling's mascot? The Tigers. Oh. Um. Well, everyone knows I went to Auburn. So, Warden. Boo. <laughs> Boo. Um. So, I personally, I always wanted to go to a historical black college. Yeah. Um. My granddaddy uh, was a professor at Alcorn. My mom went to Alcorn. Almost everybody in my family went to Alcorn, really. Mm-hmm. I did have one cousin that went to Tuskegee. Mm-hmm. One that went to Alabama, actually. Hmm. That's kind of random. <laughs> but uh, And then one that went to Prairie View. So, I always, wa- I always wanted to go to historical black college, especially because I went to predominantly white schools most of my life. Yeah. So, I wanted to get a different experience in college mm-hmm. and it was it was different but I, I had a good time at uh, both Grambling and at a and I might have had a little bit too much fun at Grambling <laughs> yeah it's a reason why <laughs> things happen it was probably right. good that you came back yeah cause that could have ended badly <laughs> <laughs> let's just leave it like that might have been somebody daddy out here Whew. <laughs> um <laughs> So I went to Auburn, which was predominantly white. I don't I don't think that I actually thought about um, HBCU versus PWI when I was applying to college. Like, I ended up going to Auburn because so many of my friends were going, right. to be honest. Even that, like, as shitty and stupid as it sounds. Most of so our many of us, go to Auburn. Yeah, so many, like me, Chris Martin, Brittany Brownlow, um, Austin went to Skiggie. Um, Brandon Teague, um, Jeter was at Alabama State. So we were all just kind of like in the same Kyle Adi, Brittany Wheatley, like so many people. Mm-hmm. Um, Lisa Noble, like I can keep I can keep going on. Dang. Cameron end up coming. And we he who should not be named. <laughs> Colton. <laughs> He's like Voldemort. He can't go, say his like so many of us and not just our school but a lot of like people in our friend group our close friend group so i just applied with them and ended up getting in on the first try but i honestly um was looking at going to tulane because it was an art school and it was in new orleans and i was like man this sounds like it'd be cool and once i got into auburn i was i wasn't even thinking about anything else what other schools you apply to um i applied to tulane i applied to 
the art institutes in Nashville. Yeah, isn't there one in Nashville? Yeah. Um, and I think that's it. I was mainly looking at art schools. Um, I don't. I can't remember if I applied to SCAD or not. I don't think I did. I applied to. Shoot, I forgot. Uh, I applied to Southern. I applied to Grambling, Alcorn, I believe Jackson State. No, no. Um, Alabama State. Alabama State uh, offered me a scholarship. And I thought about going. Yeah, both my parents went to state. And I think they, they had some a little bit of influence on me going to Auburn, too. On top of that, my mom used to work at A&M. Mm. So she <laughs> she was always... Hell no. Talking shit about <laughs> you know everything that happens behind the scenes, yeah. And she was just like, mm. "That's definitely a part of H- HBCU life. Mm-hmm. Some of the corruption and stuff that happens that never truly gets rectified." But I think to a large part, that's also a college thing in general. Yeah. But I think it's uh, um, HBCU since they're smaller, you can see it. A little yeah. bit more clearly than at other schools. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because that's that's a problem across the board. Yeah, from A and M to Howard and uh, Morehouse, Spelman, everywhere. It's it's going to be certain problems, but I think the richness of and a diversity in Black life is benefit of going to HBCU mm-hmm. like because you, you see that everybody is not that blackness is not a monolith right you get African students you get uh, Caribbean students you get people from the south people from the north west. from the west uh, from Europe from Asia everywhere yeah and uh, because it's smaller, you have more personal relationships with your professors and your your classmates and things like that. Where um, it's definitely, I if I could go back and do it over again, I probably just would have went to A and M from the beginning because them uh them uh, loans at Gremlin were mighty high. Mm-hmm. The out of state. Ain't no joke. But um the only the only uh predominantly white school that I applied to was I think Alabama. Damn. <laughs> 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 like, yeah. Cause if I was gonna go to a P W I it would have been Bama. I couldn't see you at Bama. Not yeah. for long. I probably would have left too, but why? Why you couldn't see me at Bama? Um, because I feel like you started like coming into yourself. I, well, I kind of feel like everyone does in college. Like I feel like the middle of college is when you start being a lot more um, socially aware. Yeah, and I just feel like at Bama there probably would have been a lot of shit that went down that made you be like, "Fuck this shit." I mean, yeah. And it would have happened at Auburn, too. Auburn is not any better, to be honest. Also, um, one thing that was cool was my freshman year of college, well, our freshman year of college, 
that's when Obama was running. Mm-hmm. And then he got elected our sophomore year. Yep. So to be the, the vibe at HBCU was so Man. lit. Man. Bruh. Like, it, everybody was like. I can uh, only imagine. Like, every, like I was with the A&M Democrats. And, like, we were, uh, we were holding bonfires, holding rallies and stuff. We were getting local people elected. and every, Like, the vibe was just crazy i can only imagine and then that next day after he won everybody was playing jeezy jeezy yeah. <laughs> it was like man we made it <laughs> and then one of my professors he was being real at the time but i kind of was like man fuck this dude <laughs> he was like i mean what's it gonna change and I was, everybody was like man you got fucking asshole oh my god i mean he was right but like don't rain on the parade i mean there was a lot more black unity it was a it was a crazy and it was, I mean, it was also a gap that was bridged between Southern white people and black people too, because yeah. the white people who voted for Obama were all like closer to us. Like mm-hmm. my, a lot of my professors voted for Obama, and they were like, so I used to come in with all kind of Obama t-shirts, <laughs> <laughs> and that you know we would actually have conversations about it. That I don't feel like would have ever happened if Obama was never elected. Yeah. So. But then it was an ugliness that came from it. it I mean, also. it also separated. And. A lot of us. That, I think that riff. Like, explain that riff at a predominantly white school. So. Um. <laughs> there was a lot of. Um. What is the word? It was it was silent, but it was so loud. Like there was just a lot of not passive aggressive. Um, it was just thick tension. It was just like an elephant was in the room all of a sudden, especially with um those white friends that I had who saw me a certain way <laughs> you know as the non-black black girl uh-huh and they think they could say certain things and then you. when they saw me supporting obama it was like no one ever spoke to me again like oh she's actually black <laughs> <laughs> we don't fuck with that it was like when beyonce did the super bowl at the time everyone's like oh yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> like I didn't have to deal with that firsthand. Now, my friends that went to other schools, let's just say the the white friends I had, mm-hmm. they uh, that w- that was a point of tension. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, at at school, it was incubated in a good way, and you were able to have discussions, like discussions among black people where you realize some black people are conservatives and you debate those in the arena of um, the classroom, which is a beautiful thing. Yeah. um, I'm sure it was hard going through that at a white school. Also, the years that followed by like another point of contention was when after the Trayvon thing, I think I had graduated though. Yeah, I had graduated by the time 
the Trayvon Martin murder happened. But that's was that 2011 or 2012? I feel like it was 2011. Was it not? When was it? Because didn't we grad? No, me and your brother graduated the same year. I graduated the semester after. I graduated, I graduated December 2012. Was it was it that semester? In, he died. Oh, I think it was beginning of 2012 when he died. And the trial happened in 2013. I want to say. Okay. Because I was out of school by the time Zimmerman got off. But that's when... That's when the current civil rights movement started, I guess. It, it, it was an awakening mm-hmm. of sorts. Mm-hmm. And then the things that happened after it, like the police uh, murdering uh, unarmed black people at alarming rates. Mm-hmm. And people became aware of like pr- police brutality and corruption. And that all happened under a black president. But I think we have to go through this. Because, oh no. I remember um, when the Trayvon situation happened, I remember actually having a discussion about it in um, my, what art class was it? Lord, I cannot remember. It was one of my art class, one of my senior art classes. We were um, basically learning how to curate and put together a show and like a juried exhibition and basically like the things you have to to know to actually be an artist and enter yourself into shows and you know what I'm saying. So I think we ended up switching and in the entire focus of what we were doing to Trayvon Martin and um, just other racially charged um, issues and police brutality, because Maya Angelou was coming that same weekend we were setting up for the exhibition. That shit's so lit. It was. I got to see her for free. Like it was amazing. And I want to say the very next year or two, she ended up passing away. So like I felt so like lucky to be able to to hear her speak um but so we had done a show that um focused on the whole Trayvon thing and I want to say that there was only the black people in the class that actually took it literally and created art that had to do with that pain and no one else did. Like, I remember my friend, um, his name was Plez. He did a piece that was super cool. So it was a crown that he had painted that was kind of similar to the Basquiat crown. And he, he titled it um, Heavy as the Head. Hmm. Um, and I cannot even remember what I did. I honestly threw away all of my my catalog of art when I got out of college. But because I felt like everything I had created up to that point wasn't for me and didn't represent who I was as an artist. So I felt like if I was ever going to submit anything, it it wasn't going to reflect me or what I like to do. That's another thing I'll have to we'll have to discuss. (laughs) Being an artist in college is not the same as 
being on your own and creating what you want to create. Right. But um, it was just weird and kind of funny to me that only the black people were taking it the way it was supposed to be taken. But it's just like a lot of people, that moment was so impactful for me because like his death and then the fact that he wasn't that uh Zimmerman wasn't going to get arrested. Yeah. So once he was arrested and was going to go to trial, I was like, okay, at least some it's a possibility and justice might happen. Mm-hmm. But when he got off, I've never felt more disappointed at that time, at that time. You know, other events happened at that since time then. it was kind of fresh for us. And the fact that none of the white people around me understood why black people were outraged. Or upset, yeah. It, and then they were like, well, I mean, it's legal. You get like, bro, you don't understand what the fuck that means. Yeah. It, I've been accused of doing things in white neighborhoods. What if a motherfucker had fucking shot me then? Yeah. And then like, so you're, you're sending a signal. Your life literally doesn't fucking matter. Mm-hmm. And then that's when Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter started. Yeah. And to this day, people still don't understand what we mean when we say Black Lives Matter. It's not saying we matter more. We're saying that they just matter. <laughs> that reminds me of that Michael Che bit. <laughs> right. Can, can we just get matters? <laughs> like, matters. <laughs> What's more, uh, he said, Exist? Can what's, we just say what's black more people, civil black, than right? Black lives exist. The nuance in blackness is not, it's so lost on white people. Mm-hmm. Like, they, uh, they don't understand it. We have to understand it because we live in a white world as black people. Yeah. They don't understand what that's like. Because they never have to experience it. Right. And when it's not they, on the same level. Right. Now, like, all right. We always talk about Chance. Chance went to UAB first, but then he went to A&M. Chance was equipped to go to A&M because of the person he was. <laughs> <laughs> Not all white people could just do that and love to be the white guy at A&M. Right. Like, every, when I tell you everybody knew Chance at A&M, everybody knew Chance. Or they called him the crazy kicker. He had a reputation. Like when I when I had to take off work for his funeral and I was telling trying to explain to them who he was, I was like, he's the kicker, you know, at AM. <laughs> there were so many people because where I worked, I was working with people from Tuskegee and Auburn. There were so many people they were like, Oh man, I remember him and I'm just like yeah. Why y'all niggas know who <laughs> 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 y'all know who he is all the way down here. Like Cause they do party everywhere, like but like so I would talk to him about certain things, like he was able to understand a slight level of what it's like to be a minority on 
on campus at least. Mm-hmm. And so I remember one time we were talking about how it's two different ways that people can show their racism. Like one, they could be super overly friendly and you're like, why are you just doing this to me? Or they could be like, just say actually just racist shit. Yeah. It's either overcompensation or right. blatant. Like, I hope you feel welcome. <laughs> Like, what sinister thing has happened to a black person in this space? Right. <laughs> like, y'all try to make up for something. Damn, that's true. But I, I don't, I don't know. We're all over the place. Yeah, it's okay. It all works. Like, I'm. I wish that white people could really understand us. Mm-hmm. And it's not like we haven't tried. We always try. All we've been doing is trying. We have not gotten tired of trying. I'm, I'm kind of tired of trying now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you might be, but us as a collective. Like, I just... What more do you have to, do we have to do for people to understand it? We don't have to do anything. I know, but it's just... It's so funny, though, because the one, one thing that stuck with me at... um. Maya Angelou's event that she said is we are all more alike than we are unalike and like for that to happen in the midst of the whole you know Trayvon thing we were focusing on I was just like man if more people could honestly just let that sink in like if more people could just fully receive that right we could be in a whole hell of a lot of a better place but nobody wants to be equal like they say they don't want equal they're afraid of equality because they think that's going to take away from them Mm -hmm. and you have to be willing to give up that for somebody else but that means that you are fully aware that you're getting treated differently they are some people really are fully aware of it and they act like they're stupid yeah because they like they can't like uh we can't prove that they're aware of it it's a deep mind fuck mm-hmm. yeah, that, that goes back to that gaslighting situation yo <laughs> that's another that's a hard part about it too is like even even though we generally know that we're not in the wrong as a people you still have to ask yourself, am I tripping when certain shit happens? Or, you know, would it look crazy if I say something about this? Or... Right. Am I going to be... The angry black woman. Yeah. Or... I remember a lot of times at Buckhorn, people used to... Like, because I was the... The the black guy who hangs out with white kids. Mm-hmm. Especially, when, like, freshman year. People used to say, like microaggressions and stuff and I would call them on it and yeah. then they'll be like oh so you're the real racist like they I don't hate that. I, it's like no I'm just not gonna let you disrespect <laughs> yeah I'm just gonna <laughs> My, call you on your bullshit <laughs> yeah it's like no I'm not a racist that's like they they misuse the word racist I think a lot of people misuse the word racist mm-hmm. they make it to be that racist is like a Klansman or <laughs> or if you are the one that mentions the word white or black then 
Yeah. You're oh, a racist. You're and that's racist. like, what? They use it as a reactionary word. Mm-hmm. They don't use it as actual description of a person who is racist. Yeah. But it's it's a whole lot of, uh, it's a mix of, of passive aggressive racism here and blatant racism. Like, I specifically remember <laughs> when me and me were dating and I was over his house. Would do like small little things to kind of it was that overcompensation so I just I remember specifically this one time she made it a point to let me know that her sister was mixed your sister's half black and you think that that's gonna make me feel what (laughs) so it's just like why why do they try to have like blackness by proximity right like that's not gonna make that doesn't make you any more down than anybody, and it doesn't make me feel more comfortable with you. Like right. just treat me like a human, and you'll be okay. <laughs> right? It's like, bro, <laughs> you don't have to be super woke to be my friend. Just don't say no crazy shit. Like, don't, like all we ask is you just be cool, man. Yeah. Like, like I don't give a damn about your family. I don't go around telling you about my cousins being black. Why you got to tell me that your cousin married a black person? Like, I don't care. Like, that's always so funny, too, when people be like, well, I have family members that are black. Yeah. Or like, I have family members that are gay. First off, we'll choose our so? fucking family. <laughs> right. So, they, like, that's not like a... <laughs> What kind of merit is that? It's like, all right, so you were born into a family of mixed people. <laughs> that and has nothing to do with you. That literally <laughs> means nothing at all. And you're not, I mean, literally means nothing. Not only are you not blood related, but it just doesn't <laughs> help your case. <laughs> it doesn't help your case at all. Next time somebody does some shit like that, I'll be like, well, what are you doing to dismantle white supremacy? <laughs> <laughs> be like oh Oh. so do you have a black lives matter t-shirt yet let me show you where you can get you one (laughs) Uh, have you donated to your local naacp (laughs) i I do need to join naacp yeah i was supposed to do it in college but and they were like you can get a a discounted rate as a student i was like yeah but that's still too much it was (laughs) (laughs) i was straight broke (laughs) like bro i i need as much money i can for this weekend (laughs) And I, I still like, ain't filled up my tank yet, so I don't, I don't know about this NAACP thing. But yeah, like people are so weird about <laughs> like when they talk about people in their family, they're so weird about stuff like that. Be like, well, I have an uncle who's black. I still person. don't understand. <laughs> and then they be saying it, and they be talking about like the person that married into their family. Yeah. It's like, bro, that doesn't mean anything. I have white aunts and uncles, and I have, uh, I have an Asian great aunt. Yeah, like that doesn't mean anything. Uh, and I'm not. That's what I'm saying. Like, we don't walk around volunteering information about right. the races of our family members that got married into the family. So we know we but, still gonna be black, right? <laughs> it, it doesn't mean anything. Like I said, it's all about just how you respect me, how you treat me. Period. I don't care. Like, I don't know if they do that as like a just in case, you know, I think you think I say something fucked up. Let me let you know that well, actually, I have this I have experience been. with black people, so I'm not racist. No matter what you say, like, all right, I guess we can start being like, well, show me the receipts, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't have at least three pictures of black people in your phone, I don't believe you. 
I'm going to need for you to um, tell me the um, reason why you feel so pressed <laughs> to let me know. <laughs> I was uh this gonna sound so nerdy. I've been listening to a lot of NPR lately. <laughs> and one of the shows, I can't remember the name of it, but they go through uh they talk about words and their meaning and mm. people call in and they ask like the origin of words and stuff. Come on, words mean things. Yeah. So this uh, one lady called in. She lives in Alaska. She's like, well, I uh, recently adopted four uh, African-American children. And uh, she said, my youngest um, said, was at a friend's house and said something about um Something about her hair and her kitchen. Mm. <laughs> and, and she was like, I, I'm just wondering where's the origin of that word? I know they're I know they're from um originally from the south of mm. and, uh I, I can't remember what it might be South Carolina or something. Mm-hmm. But she was like, well, I was just wondering the origin of the word. And so I assume they're two white people. Um they started explaining the origin of kitchen mm-hmm. and Apparently, it's not like kitchen, like cooking kitchen, but it's kitch. Like, okay. Like a knot. Mm-hmm. But that's, but our uh, vernacular has changed it to kitchen. And I was like, yo, I learned some shit. But it still kind of makes sense because what I was told was just like back in the day in those small houses, the kitchen was usually in the back of the house. And she talked about that too. And okay. she said that's not necessarily <clears throat> They said that 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 may be true, but it's not where the war, the word originates from. Okay. So I was like, "Oh, that shit's kind of cool." Hmm. But we don't ever think about some of the words that we use or the way we say things. Yeah, but no. African American vernacular English, <laughs> or what some people call ebonics. No. But. Like, uh, Dave Chappelle had this thing where he said that all black people are bilingual. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can speak uh, job interview, as he said, <laughs> and we can speak that street shit. Yeah, and that's what it is. It's true. But it's always funny when people try to, re- like, when they try to recreate the way we speak. Yeah. And then they're not following the rules at all. Mm. Like, it's something about that understood B. Like, Kim always be can be bullshitting. Yeah. <laughs> like it's uh, it's rules to it, and I don't I can't necessarily explain all the rules. I can just say it. Some of them don't need explanation. I think it's just because it's just always been the thing that it just makes sense. You don't question it. It's just it just is what it is. Like what's another? 
Like, I can't think of any of them, even though we say shit all the fucking day. Someone had posted one on Facebook the other day, and I don't know if it's just a southern thing or if it's a southern black thing. But when people say "all right now," it could mean it has like five different meanings. Like <laughs> it could mean "back the fuck up," it could mean "hey, what's up," it could mean, you know, what somebody said was with uh. When two black men see each other and say, I'm trying to get like you. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's, this shit is just, you don't appreciate it as much until you're like. Until you step outside of it. Yeah. And then you think about some of the stuff that we've all experienced. Like, uh, you you come in the house, you smell like outside. Like, nothing descriptive at all. Just outside. <laughs> outside the door is what you smell like. You remember when they, on Twitter, when they had the uh, the <laughs> Rachel Dozal challenge thing? Where they they asked all these super black questions. Oh, yes. To verify if somebody's actually black. Yes. And they had, <laughs> it was like Jeopardy almost, yeah, wasn't it? They had the thing where, uh, <laughs> what, uh, what flavor is this Kool-Aid? <laughs> Is it fruit, fruit punch, punch. <laughs> red, <laughs> or cherry? <laughs> if you choose anything besides red, you are not black. Oh, yeah. Blackness, man, it's pretty lit. It is, and I'm, and I'm sure from the outside, if people, I think that whole being the proximity to blackness is also because they see how cool that shit is. But it's cool because it's built out of struggle. Yeah. But it's just part of like who we are. Mm-hmm. Like we had to merge so many different cultures after ours was taken. That shit just got really it got popping. <laughs> it really did. Like it, even still, I feel like black culture is still evolving. Yeah. Which is so crazy because <laughs> we've created so much i just it just amazes me to see like new shit happening over and over and over and over i think that's what makes black twitter so cool yeah because like it used to be that the the meeting place for black people was like church Mm -hmm. and stuff but now that we're so removed from like old institutions like that the fact that we can have a digital space to where Everybody has somewhat of a, a shared culture. Yeah. That it just flows like that. Yeah. Now, it's also, like, there's people that culturally will try to vulture or take away from that. But it's still popping. <laughs> <laughs> Can't stop. Won't stop. X. <laughs> has that uh, that web show thing where he interviews people and he did the one with uh, Denzel mm-hmm. yo Denzel's that nigga bro 
Like, he rapped them damn Cardi B lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> I was dead. Now he still look good as hell. Whew. Bruh. That's like the coolest dude. It really is. Like, he's like that cool ass uncle that everybody got. That like, he don't, like, because he don't do a whole bunch of interviews and a whole bunch of crazy shit. But mm-hmm. when he do, it's like an event. It's yeah. Like, yo, yeah, he pretty much stays out the way. And he's, I saw a thing where somebody said he doesn't have a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And then this other guy on Twitter was like, I, I fully believe that Denzel doesn't have a star because he found out he would have to pay for it. Because <laughs> <laughs> Denzel a real ass nigga. He man. is. Like he said, he just a nigga from around the way. <laughs> and that is so true. Um, What's your favorite Denzel movie? Ooh, um, my go-to is always training day because I know the most lines from training say day. That. <laughs> you this little fool ass bitch mate punk. My nigga. <laughs> Go ahead and walk away because I'm going to burn this motherfucker down. <laughs> King Kong ain't got shit on me. Man. I also love, I love Malcolm X, of course. Yeah. Um, Mo Better Blues is an underrated Denzel movie. I don't think I've seen it. It's him. It's Wesley Snipes. Okay, gotta be an older one. <laughs> yeah, is it in a it Snipes came, ain't been in the movie in a minute. It came out like '93, and this is like when these two niggas were like the shit. Both burning the streets up. Yeah, and uh, Denzel. Well, uh, they play a. They're in a band, a jazz band, and. Denzel and uh, Wesley are kind of competing, mm-hmm. but that shit is cool as fuck. Uh, American Gangster, yes. of course. American Gangster, always. Man, like he's so. Like, I love that movie. Like he's such a like. He, I feel like he played himself like when he was younger. Yeah. <laughs> if but, he was gonna be like the kingpin of some shit. It's exactly how Denzel would be a kingpin. Hell yeah. And the best part is, like, we have such a lack of good, like, black gangster movies. Yeah. Where he where he gets away with it. Even though he goes to jail. Like, I remember when I first saw it. And at the end, when they showed him walking on the street, niggas were cheering left and right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because essentially he did kind of get away with Like, he lived almost his entire life doing that shit. Yeah. And then he got out, and he was just so fucking smooth, Bruh, When he uh, that had me googling Frank Lucas. Like, who the fuck like, is Frank Lucas? Frank Lucas is that nigga, <laughs> <laughs> my hero. Like he didn't kill tons of people because <laughs> you know in real life the real Frank Lucas killed his brother. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. yeah, that nigga was a real gangster. But what Denzel said that is pure alpaca. You don't. <laughs> Rub Don't that rub. Shit. You, you block, block that, that shit. shit. <laughs> uh, John Q. Yes. John Q was a super woke ass movie for the time it came out too. Because they're talking about healthcare and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, Man on Fire. Uh, Damn, you didn't name about seven movies already. Number one is always Trader Day. Like that's... That's one of my top five favorite movies of all time. My number one is American Gangster. Training Day After. 
John Q. Fences was really good too. Fences was good. Because Viola Davis can act her ass off. Both of them can act their asses off. Like that scene where she was snot crying. Oh. I was like, man. Have mercy. We all felt that (laughs) shit. (laughs) I think I went to see that with my parents and I was trying to thug it out. That was like the first movie I've ever seen where Denzel was just really a piece of shit. (laughs) Um, I mean, even in uh, Training Day. I kind of understood. Training Day, he pissed me off, but that just really spoke to how great of an actor he is. Playing, playing, pimp the pimp. <laughs> when he got shot up, I was like, damn. And he, like, improv- improvisized a lot of that movie. Like, mm-hmm. they said the whole King Kong thing wasn't written. Mm. And they said in Malcolm X, Spike Lee was going to call cut on one thing, and Denzel kept going for another seven minutes. And he was like, where where was that? He's like, I was just in the zone. I want to know, like, what his process is for getting into character. Like, is he, is he like, method man approach where he pretty much just stays in the character while he's, you know, shooting a movie? Or does he just do, like, they said, extensive research? They said he, for um, Malcolm X, he was in character the entire time. Okay. I feel like on and off. for Malcolm, for Malcolm, for, well, I don't feel like so much for American Hurricane. because of where he's from and how he grew up. I don't think he probably had natural. to do a whole lot for American right. gangster and like training day, but for Malcolm X and, um, John Q and stuff like that. Like also the hurricane was a, that was a really good movie too. I don't know if I saw that one. You gotta see that. Like he plays a boxer who was wrongly accused of murder, and he went to jail. I need to see that. You like, know what is kind of slept on now though that people forget about is Remember the Titans though. Yeah, I love that. That's like secretly like every white person's favorite <laughs> Denzel movie. <laughs> like Remember the Titans is just. A- I used to love Remember the Titans. Like I could go home right now and watch that. I actually might go home and watch it. <laughs> Is it on Netflix? Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. It might be on Hulu. It's probably on Hulu. Because most of Disney stuff is usually on Hulu. But yeah, that was a... What were we... Were we in high school when that came out? Uh, middle school. Okay, yeah. That was a good... Like, that was... I think that was probably my... One of my first movies, like, recognizing, like, racial tension. Mm-hmm. And being able to understand it at the same time. Right. And yeah. it was... Denzel, man, he just—he is a fucking legend. His other new movie just came out, didn't it? Equalizer Two. Yeah. And they were like, "Why is Denzel trying to be an action star now? Because he could do whatever the fuck he wants." He been what? What? Right. Oh, we also forgot to mention Glory. Yes, Glory. When you watch that, you forget how young Denzel was in that movie, like. And that's like, that's that might be like the greatest cast of uh, black men ever. You got Morgan Freeman, you got Andre Browder, you got uh, Denzel, somebody else that's like a really good actor and I can't remember. I forgot all about Glory. That was, uh, that was, that's a good movie to play because it. They always make it seem like the Civil War was only fought by uh, white people. There's a lot of black people. Yep. You probably have people in your family that fought 
Um, what other movies? Denzel Wise. Oh man. It's what? been a long time since I've seen that one. Ferris Bueller is in that movie also. Yeah, he is. Matthew Broderick. You know what role he was terrible in, but it's an iconic film. Oh. Lion King. Matthew Broderick? Was he's, Lion- oh. He's grown Simba. That's right. And then the dude who plays uh, Scar, anytime I see him in a movie, I'll be like, yo, that's fucking Scar. Oh, did you ever see that Roman J. Israel Esquire movie? What well, do you do? Where he, that's the one where he's what trying to be a lawyer or something? Yeah. I haven't seen that one. The Book of Eli. That was a good movie. I also could tell that he was blind because he turned out having sex with Mila Kunis. And only a blind man <laughs> would do that. <laughs> um, what's another good one? Two Guns was actually pretty good. Like it was it was kinda cliche, but it was still good. Oh, Another funny thing about that Jamie Foxx interview with uh, Denzel is when he said he turned down Seven. Oh Can yeah! Can you imagine how dope Seven would have? Like Seven was already dope with uh, Brad, Brad Pitt, Pitt and um, Morgan Freeman. Imagine if it was Morgan Freeman and Denzel the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, out of time with a uh, Shayna Latham and Ava Mendes. Wait, how you say your name? Ava Mendes. No. I say Shayna. Why? I don't know. I've always Sadai. said that. I've always said that. <laughs> but it's S A N A A. Yes, Sanai. How is it Sanai? How is it Shana? I, I mean Shayna. I guess the same way it's Sanai. If anything, it's. How you gonna rename Sanai? If anything, it's Sanai. <laughs> There's two A's. I don't know. Shayna. You, you gentrified her name. Oh, Philadelphia also. That was great because Tom Hanks is one of my favorite actors. Did too. not see that one. You've never seen Philadelphia? Mm-mm. You gotta watch that like today. The Bone Collector. Angelina Jolie, 1999. Yeah. I don't remember that one either. But um, The Great Debaters. I feel like that was kind of overrated. Yeah. I don't like. I don't like. I Antoine don't, Fisher. Yeah, that was great. Derek Luke was great in that movie too, and Denzel directed that. What else? I'm trying to see what I recognize. How have you not seen Philadelphia though? That has Tom Hanks, who's if those are the two greatest actors I've ever seen. <laughs> Tom Hanks and Denzel, because Tom Hanks is funny, but not like too funny. But that dude is a legend. What the hell is Mississippi Masala? You ain't never seen that? No. It's about... uh, You are a movie person. Clearly, I'm not. Not to sound sexist, but I think guys are more... A lot of guys... people? Like, we do stuff like... In in college, Like we used to just buy movies all the time and watch them. And we watch multiple movies over and over again. And it's a competition with guys to remember like lines from movies. 
so excited when I saw he was going to play Miles Davis and then he played the crazy part of Miles Davis he did 70's Miles now I wanted to see kind of blue round midnight Miles like 57 <laughs> when Miles Davis was the coolest nigga on the fucking planet I didn't know he was going to play Miles Davis it came out like see I don't, it came out a couple years ago I don't be knowing shit <laughs> I mean, not only did I not have a whole lot of access to certain things as a child, but you, you know, ma'am, you have had time since. I just, I don't watch a whole lot of TV. I never have. Like, I feel like the most TV I ever watched was probably in college, and even still. What's your favorite TV show of all time? Shit, some something on Vice. <laughs> of all time, you, <laughs> what are your okay. of all time? What are your favorite shows that came out in the last three years? Mm. Top three favorite favorite shows of all time. Favorite shows of all time. So when I was younger, I loved Family Matters. Um, as I got older, man, I used to love, um, <laughs> the Jamie Foxx show. <laughs> uh, my wife and kids, this is all like middle school, high school. I used to love everybody hates Chris. Yeah. My daddy used to love that. So we, we watched it a lot. Um, Oh, uh, sister, sister. My uh, favorite shows growing up were Boy Meets World, because <laughs> to this day, Topanga could get it. I used to watch it, but I can't say it's my favorite now. Saved by the Bell used to be my jam. Saved by the Bell is like the I, best worst show of all time. <laughs> I still love Kelly Kapowski though. I know, and I'm sad that and, Lark. And just Boy, fell off. Oh my god! At least the turtle used to be so fine too. Yes, she did. Even like in uh, how high she was fine as hell still. Gorgeous. I feel like so many like amazingly gorgeous black stars fell. Like Maya Campbell. They said she was. She's bipolar though, ain't she? Yeah. Like she was. She acting had out a in whole a bad like way. breakdown. Um, I forgot about in the house. Lark. Lark, Maya Campbell, who else just kind of went off the deep end? Um, Lil' Kim. Ugh. She ain't an actor, but like when you look back at pictures, like Lil' Kim used to be cute. Now she She looks <sighs> remastered and plastered. Wait, she had a Scary. Heart. Like if I saw yeah. her face in the dark, I might. Like, and have she a heart a, palpitation. She has a little baby too. Can you imagine how 
scared that poor child is. It's all right, baby. Like, that is not a comforting face. Lord. Um, There was one more, like, super pretty black actress that fell off the deep end. I can't think of it. But yeah, I used to wish that I was Lark. Because she was just so cute and peppy. You know, her little outfits matched. And her hair was always perfect. <laughs> mm-hmm. They, You know, the original character, she was she was supposed to be Jewish. Was she? And then they changed it to her being black. Because it wasn't show like She's the stereotype of a Jewish princess. Jewish okay. American princess. Hmm. But that, like her, her parents are doctors in the show, mm-hmm. and a whole bunch of other stuff. Hmm. Okay, makes sense. But yeah, um, what other shows? I literally can't think of anything now. Like if I have, if I have a favorite show now, it's it's on Vice. Um, Atlanta is oh, definitely one of my favorites, and Insecure. Like they both came out same year. Yo, Orange is the New Black is about to come back. I think I this weekend get caught up. This weekend it comes back. I haven't finished last season. Like, yo, I'm about to rewatch last season because because it only took place in like a short span. Yeah, I missed some stuff. I have to I have to get caught up. I have to like keep myself on track when it comes to binge watching things because once I get into any kind of binge habit, I just I'm addicted. I have an addictive personality. Did you ever finish 13? I mean, 13 Reasons Why? Nope. <laughs> I think what? I still, I think I'm still on episode seven. I I don't know. That one is different for me. That one is, it's, it's triggering. It's, it, yeah. It makes me super depressed. Yeah, me too. I have to watch it in a good, when I'm in a good I, space. Yeah, I can't have any more bullshit going on. <laughs> Or else it's just going to send me off into a spiral. <laughs> it's like a juggle sometimes. You make me wonder how I keep from going under. Listen. <laughs> um, uh, I, like I said, everything on Vice. Shit, bon appetit. How do you feel about the whole Deezus and Miro thing? I love Deezus and Miro. But you know, like, they, uh, they ended the Vice show. Oh, did they? Where have you been? The last, I told like, you weeks? I don't watch TV. Yeah, they ended the Vice show because they're moving to Showtime. And Vice canceled their contract early when they told them they were leaving. Showtime, so, the network? Yeah. Okay. They're going to have a weekly show. Damn, do we have Showtime? We're going to have to buy it. <laughs> Wendy has Showtime Go. So they're on Showtime. Charlemagne got a special on HBO. Yeah. It's cool seeing niggas out here doing shit. All the shit childish can be. I mean, all the shit Donald Glover's doing. <laughs> I still can't wait for the Lion King to come out. Yeah, it's I agree. Him and Beyonce and uh, Simba and Nala. It, man, we about to recreate the whole Black Panther thing. <laughs> we gonna wear the no. same outfits. <laughs> we gonna, <laughs> why were black people acting so fucking crazy during uh, Black Panther? Because we we had something to celebrate. Yo, niggas were dressed up and everything. I went and saw it three times and I dressed up every single time. I I saw it 
twice at the theater and multiple times on bootleg. <laughs> um, that movie was so fucking. That was a moment. Yeah, I wish I could bottle up that yeah. feeling. Yeah, it's all. It's like Obama's election, <laughs> Black Panther. <laughs> uh, what else was it? Like a chill, like a black ass moment. Mm. It's it's just it was just electric. Beyonce Super Bowl performance. Yes, <laughs> both. <laughs> uh, as it sounds, uh, Michael Jackson and Whitney Houston's uh, funerals. Yeah, damn, those were super black moments. Especially Whitney Houston's because it was in a church. Ooh, it was a church service. Yeah. <laughs> um. We need more like black events like that, like not not funerals, but like that bring like us all together. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Uh, we were talking about TV shows. Yeah. Um. The Wire is one of my favorite TV shows. Never watched The Wire. You gotta watch The Wire. That's what everybody says. I haven't watched The Wire. I don't watch Power. I've seen like I haven't watched a Power. couple episodes of Power, but that's just because I was at somebody's house while they were watching it. Like shows like that, sometimes I wait till it's over to start watching it. That like that's what I was gonna do with Walking Dead because mm-hmm. I don't watch Walking Dead. I don't either. <laughs> and then I hate Game of Thrones. Oh, uh, now Game of Thrones was my shit the only reason too why i was able to watch game of thrones though was because when i started watching it i want to say they were on season five already so i was able to just binge through up until season six came out and so now i'm caught up but game of thrones is pretty lit what uh, grownish and blackish even though you know still haven't what in the fuck man do I have to say it one more time? <laughs> don't I don't really watch TV. Can be bullshit. <laughs> I'll be in my room and and in in my own head. Like I was talking to Spaga because I got him to, uh, he listened to some of our episodes. But he was like, "I'm just not a podcast person." It does take a certain thing to get, get to you a, into it, especially when you're used to looking at screens all day and watching videos. Yeah. It takes a certain thing just to hear somebody's voice. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I don't watch a lot of TV because I feel like, like I said, when I'm in my room, I'm just like in my own. I'm either listening to music or or I'm like on YouTube or something. But I don't actually take the time to turn my TV on at a certain time to watch a certain thing anymore. And if I'm not doing that, I'm out the house. So, thank you guys for tuning in today to Suburban Pod. If you would like to follow me on Twitter, you can find me at Curvy Brown Girl. And you can find me at a kid named Juice. Some of our music today was provided by our good friend Corey Battle. You can follow him on SoundCloud at DJC Battle. New episodes available every Thursday. <laughs>